The national security and intelligence communities had a particularly tough year in 2019, with a growing number of indictments, arrests, and convictions of security clearance holders. They also experienced a rise in the theft of intellectual property and trade secrets. In response to these trends, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence will release a new counterintelligence strategy this week that it says takes a long-term approach to insider threats and nation-state threats. Federal News Network's Jory Heckman has more on what's in that strategy. Protecting the government from cyber threats isn't new for the intelligence community, but with technology giving rise to more robust attacks from nation-state actors, the Office of the Director of National Intelligence is releasing a new playbook to deal with these threats. Bill Evanina, the director of ODNI's National Counterintelligence and Security Center, recently gave a preview of that playbook at an Institute for Critical Infrastructure Technology event. For example, Evanina said the strategy will focus on a whole-of-society response to these threats that extends beyond just the federal government. From election security to foreign influence, economic security, critical, we, we are going to look at everything and say it's no longer a government just issue. It's everyone's issue. And look at this as a long-term solution problem to nation-state threats that hold us accountable every day and have a long-term plan to infiltrate our nation. The upcoming strategy responds to what Evanina called a particularly horrible year of leaks from security clearance holders. It also counters a rise in the theft of intellectual property and trade secrets. Evanina said those trends require the intelligence community to shift its perspective on how it tackles counterintelligence. So changing that paradigm is important. And why does this matter? that we have to take a look holistically across our nation. The technology change we face right now as, as a society and then the collection that happens against us, we become numb to. And we as a society don't look at what's happening every day in an affairs fashion to us as a counterintelligence issue. When you have our main adversaries, China, Russia, North Korea, Iran, stealing, sabotaging, surveilling our critical infrastructure, or ICS, or SCADA systems, going into our managed service providers, stealing our data? Do we look at that as a counterintelligence issue? We are very bifurcated in industry, in our thought process, as to who's responsible for what. As another part of the strategy, Evanina said insider threats remain the number one threat, both inside and outside of the government. We had a horrible year last year in 2019, with indictments, arrests, convictions of clearance holders, as well as arrests, indictments, convictions of non-traditional collectors in the private sector, theft of intellectual property and trade secrets. It was not a good year for industry nor the government. So insider threats, very critical. In order to mitigate insider threats, ODNI and the Office of Personnel Management have proposed major changes to the federal personnel vetting system. That initiative is called Trusted Workforce 2.0. That initiative is focused on the continuous vetting of security clearance holders and is expected to arrive through several changes to existing policies and procedures. Defense and intelligence officials expected those changes would be done before the end of last year, but Evanina said the rollout would happen probably in the next week or two. Historically, since the 40s, we've had a human resources process and a security clearance process. You would go through this first, and then it would be thrown over the fence and security. We are merging those together now. So that'll be done at the same time, because what we found is when we did security clearance, we were asking the same questions we did when we hired people. So we're merging them together, and that will take human resources and understand the complexity of security. I think that's going to be a really great construct for the first time ever where you have what's called suitability and security working together. Nearly a decade ago, ODNI created a National Insider Threat Program under a 2011 executive order. Since then, agencies have made significant progress standing up their own insider threat programs. But as part of this new counterintelligence strategy, 
Evanina said private industry should also take steps to mitigate insider threats. I would proffer that I think as we drive a new strategy, I think CEOs and board of directors have to mandate a fundamental enterprise-wide security construct. And what do I mean by that? The security of your company can no longer just rest at the feet of the CISO and the CSO. It now has to include the CIO, the chief data officer, the chief privacy officer, the general counsel, the head of human resources, the head of procurement acquisition. And I would proffer at least once a quarter, get all those folks in a room and talk about the threat that we face as a company. And then when that meeting, you have to identify and be honest, what are the three things that you do that other people want? And are we doing everything in our power to protect them? While IP and trade secret theft account for nearly half a trillion dollars in losses, Evanina said the government and the private sector have not yet reckoned with the existential threat that nation states pose to national critical infrastructure. Unlike terrorism, where you have an event, people die, we have funerals, we feel the pain, this new threat vector, and it's not new, the awareness of the supply chain threat, we have not felt the pain yet, right? And I don't want to get to a place where we have as someone in the intelligence community would say, the cyber 9-11, you know, or the, you know, the heat goes off in three cities in January. I don't want to get to that point. I want to get to a point where we understand the criticality of that. Elsewhere in the federal law enforcement community, IT modernization plays a big part in staying ahead of these threats. Mason McDaniel is the chief technology officer of the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. He said the Bureau began a cloud migration effort back in 2016, but he told reporters that challenges have pushed back that timeline. But then once we got started, we were really hoping to actually finish it in about a year because we want to go through and do a lot of automated code conversion and use automate as much of that transition as we could. And over the course of it, we discovered that a lot of our source code simply either didn't work or for whatever reason didn't lend itself to that. So it wound up converting over into kind of a full rewrite effort, which took a lot longer. So honestly, we're probably two years behind where we hoped to be because of what we discovered, not in the cloud or any difficulties in the landing technologies we're going to, but because of what we discovered about what was kind of behind the curtain of our existing legacy systems. McDaniel told reporters that looking back, this project underscores some of the challenges with moving legacy systems to the cloud. Really just underscores how important it is that we do the work, but it makes it that much more difficult and time consuming to do. So we are going through and we're very far through the process of rewriting our apps now and testing them and working with the end users. We finally kind of brought them in the way we need to. Um, And we are not giving our leadership an end date on when everything's going to go to production because we're still trying to figure out how much of the universe of those requirements do we not know. Um, But we, we think around the end of the fiscal year, we're kind of targeting around October-ish time frame to try to get our essentially entire portfolio done and over the cloud. It might be a little before that, I doubt it. It might be after that, but that seems to be a pretty realistic time frame. And we're hoping around summer to be able to go live with our really core large application portfolio. And then from there through the end of that, that's where we'd be working on some of those other systems. So the more we go, the more we learn, and the better we can plan out our strategy and more of an idea we get on you know, what's needed. Yeah, it's definitely taken some changes to, uh, a lot of changes, from our initial strategy of just take the code we have, like for like, just do an automated code conversion, and that's exactly what we're going to get. It was a great idea, not real in, in the real world, just because of how problematic our source code was. 
Jory Heckman, Federal News Network. Check out Jory's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.